Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast. This is your second of three podcasts coming your way from the Racing Only Better team this week. We've already done Thursday of the July meeting at Newmarket. That is underway as we record right now. And for this show, we are kicking on with Friday, where we have got action from, of course, Newmarket, four races from there, and two from York as well. I am joined, as always, by Tony Calvin, Dan Barber, and Kevin Blake. My phone is already pinging. I've probably made a mistake already. Before we go any further, I will be told off if I don't tell you about Bet5, Get5. That's the racing multiples offer with Betfair this Saturday on the Sportsbook. Have a £5 bet on horse racing multiples. Get a free £5 bet on horse racing multiples, but do it responsibly. TC. I am coming over to you first and foremost, please. Um, weather update. I'm in Newmarket. Yeah. of rain on Friday, but not a, a huge, sorry, on Thursday, but not a huge amount. Uh, what have they done with the ground? Looked to be kicking up quite a bit on what I saw so far on the racing today. Uh, recording this three o'clock on Thursday. Haven't seen any times uh, yet, but obviously they put 20 mil on on Thursday, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, calling it good to firm, good in places, but um, there is 10 mil due on Friday. In fact, all the courses that we're going to be talking about are due uh, between 9 and 11 mil on on Friday. So York, York and Ascot. So, yeah, it could well be. Well, they could get it or they could not. So I'm just working on the basis of good stroke, good to soft everywhere uh, for York, Ascot and Newmarket. Oh, plenty of rain in the air then, um, up and down the country. Let's kick straight on, boys, because we've got good racing to get through, but we're also, of course, going to do a separate show for Saturday's racing, so that will coming your way as well. So we will start with the 150 at Newmarket, boys. It is the Heritage Handicap over the 10 furlongs, and at the moment, Tagabawa is your 11-4 to favourite, taking on stablemate local dynasty at 6-1. to Scene did is 15-2 to in there for the William Haggis Yard. Westerton for Alan King, interesting booking of Ryan Moore, is 15-2. to Those are your top few in the market. TC, I will start with you, please, for this one. Well, what are we do? Sorry, I was looking at 3 o'clock at Newmarket. Yeah, the, 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 the first race, Calvin, 150, normally, 150. the first one. <laughs> where? At Newmarket. Friday. <laughs> Friday. Come on, first race time. Yeah, um, this, is a, this is a podcast. Oh, yeah, 2023. I was looking at greatness. I'm just looking. I need about two TVs to see where what she finished. Um, no, Daisy is the obvious starting point here. 11 <laughs> Um £2 well in because the reason why it's £2 well in for the Salisbury win at the start of June is because the handicap has obviously gone back and reassessed that performance because the runner-ups come out and won by five and a half lengths. So I thought Daisy was interesting. Bolster was one I was probably most drawn to because, um, you know, won his first two starts really well um, and then ran a bit better than it looked um, in the Hampton Court uh, last time. Got a little bit hampered when coming of his run. Didn't make any difference to the, to you know the finishing position as such. But he would have finished a bit closer. Um, not going to have a betting it, but I would probably if I was, if you were going to have a bet, maybe Bolster and Daisy against the field. Okay, Bolster is currently ten to one, and Daisy is currently eleven to one for what it's worth. And um, Dan Barber, over to you for this race. Obviously, TC taking on the Godolphin horse at the top of the market. Are you doing the same? 
Uh, yeah, I think so. Tagabai was the one who came from that King George race where has been said a few times in our podcast where they went bonkers in front and he deserved credit for lasting as long as he did. I didn't really like how local dynasty shaped him finishing third in his Royal Ascot race. He was one of only two horses placed, I think, for top connections during the course of the week and he he was pushed along a good way from home and sort of plugged on. I did that race for time for him. So I'm going back to a, a best fresh angle with like a tiger. Um, but don't, the the pace promises to be very strong in this, and given he's he was ridden cold after missing the break at Newmarket on his return, I imagine they'll ride him in a similar way. He looked really good that day off eighty three, only nine higher. I mean, he looked like a potential group horse that day. They ran him in a listed race, one by Castleway, won our opening race at Newmarket at the whole meeting um, early this afternoon, and. That was only two weeks after that big reappearance run. His win at Kempton last season was also off a short break, so I think this horse might be best when fresh. He's going to have a strong pace to chase. And, yeah, it's the other new market course. He's run there three times. But um, yeah, with a strongly run race around here, you can get pace collapses, I thought we saw in the July stakes. So that's what I'm aiming for. Like a tiger, 12 to Oh, I had some stats, actually. Um, James Ferguson, the last three months, has had 11 horses return from 90-day or more absences, and only two have finished out of the frame. Good stat. Beautiful, beautiful stat. Car Park, Kev, over to you for this. We've already got a good few darts to throw at this board at bigger prices. Give us some clarity. Always come to you for a bit of clarity. I love a bit of clarity. Um, <clears throat> Bolster for me. Uh, Tony's mentioned uh-huh. them already. Um Excuse me, won his first two in good style. Um, I thought it was a pretty punchy declaration of intent to run in the Hampton Court. Um, you know, all things considered, you know, went off a big price, but still the fact that they lobbed him in there um, when he'd only run to, you know, um, high 90s um, prior to that was was a fair endorsement of the opinion they seemingly hold him in. And um, as Tony mentioned, they kind of went a bit wrong, got a bit messed about. Um, but despite getting messed about, he probably ran up to his mark. So the potential for him to do better again when he doesn't get smashed about a bit um, is clear. Um, dropping class here in the handicap company. I'm hot handicap company, in fairness. But um, yeah, course distance. He'll be up there. Handy, straightforward ride. Um, bolster. Yeah, I t- didn't think he should be a double figure price for sure. I suspect he'll go off shorter. All right. Two votes for Bolster then. On we go to the 225 at Newmarket, the six furlong Duchess of Cambridge stakes for the two-year-old Phillies. It's the group two. No getting away from the fact it's a disappointing turnout. There's just the four runners, five declared. We've already got a non-runner and we've got a very short price star of mystery, one to three at the top of the market, following on from her Emperor Stakes when enlisted company up in class, but she's not got a huge depth of field to take her on, TC. Um, but, how are you playing a race like this? I mean, it's no, it's very disappointing. Where are all the two-year-olds? Well, where are all the older horses? Where, <laughs> where are all the horses full stop? Um, especially the high-end ones. Um, no, th- this race is obviously Sopranos come out on Thursday morning. It's probably just killed it stone dead, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Star of Mystery won very impressively in a very good time over course and distance last time. Oh, you know, I actually think Soprano would have been the value call around about five to two, but she's out and I can't remember. You know, I suppose you could make a case for Persian Dreamer, but um, now I think the odds on poker will probably win, but freeze on. Just just let her win. Anything to add, Kev? 
Um, not really. Like I do like Persian Dreamer. Um, got back on track last time after. Uh, like she was hyper impressive in debut. I thought, and I fancied her at York next time. And I uh, missed the kick. Got burst there on basically trying to make up the headway. And we could late on much more like it at Ascot. Um, but look, just what she did there. Um, looks to be you know a little way behind what Star of Mystery did. Um, had the clock watchers purring as as Tony would often say. Um, and yeah, look, I don't have a big appetite to take her on, even at the price she is. All right, pretty simple then. Um, Daniel, let's move on to the three o'clock at Newmarket on Friday. Over the one mile six furlongs, this is the Bet365 Trophy. It's class two handicap for the older horses. A bit more competitive, but still 10 runners in here. And Live Your Dream is the market leader at nine to four for the Saeed Bin Saror team. An interesting jockey booking of Kevin Stott as well. Yeah, well, Tudho, it wasn't Tudho's fault necessarily. The horse ran away with him a bit, but he did end up doing an awful lot in the Duke of Edinburgh. I thought he shaped like the best horse, to be honest. It was a big field handicap. He had enough about him. The most impressive move in the race, undoubtedly for me, was him bursting clear on the home turn. He won this race last season. He's got... I mean, he's the back class is obvious. I mean... He showed that, I thought, Asuka. I just thought it was a massive, massive performance. And I think connections, I don't think they'll be going from the front this time. They'll have him handy. But in any event, Lapulga's a non-runner. And she was one of those, he was one of those that was likely to try and force the pace. At the moment, it looks like a perfect setup to me. Just track Torcello and outclass horses. You just aren't in your league. I was, I was working through and thinking now, Kehava, career best form, undoubtedly flat on jumps. But what would he have done in that Royal Ascot handicap? I think he'd have been stuffed, probably. Live your dream, held his own, shaped like the best horse in the race, a significant drop in grade, perfect setup. I think he's going to be extremely hard to beat. Okay, tricky to beat then. What about you, Kev? Do you think that, are you thinking along the same lines? Yeah, same boat. Um, ah. You know, the, the Duke of Edinburgh is one race we've talked about since, you know, in terms of the way it panned out. Um, they went over quick and it was live your dream up there boxing away. Um, you know, very much contributing to that. Um, one, probably the main contributor to it. Um, did very well to hang in there as well as he did. And we know from his previous form that he, like, he stays like notably well. Um, he was second in a, in a Cesarewitz trial, um, back in 2021. So this trip isn't going to be an issue. He's operated very well over course and distance before. And he's definitely better than that bare form suggested Ascot. And it was a pretty good run on, on the face of it. Um, uh, got two pounds for that. Perfectly fine. Yeah, I thought he just outclassed this lot with a bit of luck. Oh, the boys are keeping it very simple, NTC. Are you? No, um, I put up the outsider as he was on Wednesday. Berkshire Rocker, 25 to 1. Um, he's, been, he's been well back since. He's now... Top prize twelves with the sports book, um, and given that we've had a non-runner, I actually said in the column on Wednesday, I said he's about fourteen to one plus. He was 20, 25 and twenties across the board, and as we've had a non-runner, I think twelves is fair. Um, obviously, we know a mark of ninety-seven massively underplays his talent from two or three years ago. So led you runner up, um, and he has been a little bit disappointing, but on the face of it. But if you go and have a look at that running the Northumberland Plate last time. He's actually run a very, very good race because that race suited the closers. And he was one of the few that was up there all the way or actually stuck on pretty well. He's only beaten seven lengths. 
Now, so I, I took that as getting back to a return to form. Obviously, it's a tumbling handicap mark. A mark of 97 is a gimme if, you know, if he comes back to anything like he's all ever performed from last year even. So I thought Berkshire Rocco was very, very interesting. The pace angles, as Dan said, uh, Torcello is going to get the lead if he wants it. Um, and I can fully see the case for Live Your Dream, but I just don't back horses at nine to four, five to two um, in that kind of, in these kind of races. So no, Berkshire Rocco for me, price has gone to a certain degree, but the 12s is still fair. The 12 to one is fair, and it's also the best price around still. Beautiful. This is what listeners and viewers want to see, lads. We've given a bit of confidence behind the short price favour and the bigger price swing as well. Love that for everyone. I hope they feel the same. Um, let's move on to the Group 1 race of the day. It is, of course, the Falmer Stakes at Newmarket over the mile. And this is going to be an absolute cracker. I am really looking forward to this. At the moment, the betting looks like this. You've got the Pretty Polly winner, Bia Sistina, at 2-1, to one, stepping down in trip. After her Curra victory, same applies to Nashua at 130, stepping back down to the mile, having disappointed when we saw her at Newmarket, um, Newcastle on the all weather, I should say. Remarque in there at nine to two for Ray Beckett's team ran such a good race behind Tahira in the Coronation Stakes at Royal Ascot. Coppice eight to one, stepping up into group company from handicaps off the back of her Ascot win. Prosperous Voyage here off the back of winning it last year, eight to one, literally half the price that she was last year. And then Random Harvest, who's one of the likely pace angles in this, ran such a good race at Ascot and now comes here mm. looking to try and get some black type at 10 to one. Never ending story, 14s also stepping back down in trip. Those are the main protagonists in here. Who shall I come to first? Daniel, you look hyped for this. Yeah, I am. Um, because I've teed that up beautifully. Where are we coming at? The horse is dropping down in trip, stepping up in class. How are we playing it? Yes, in short, the horse stepping down in trip. I do think it is potentially a big angle because I think her Nashua's run in the Oaks last season proved that she's not a died in the world middle distance performer. I mean, she'd be a very unusual filly if she showed her form at 10 furlongs and nothing else. But I think she's got a lot of pace. The dam was a miler. I mean, Newcastle's basically its own race in microclimate, isn't it? It doesn't matter how slow the pace is, something completely capitulates late on and gets picked off. Um, that stiff finish just seems to count against so many horses. Now, she has to prove that she's as good as she was last year, where she was very, very high class. Two runs back, haven't been within probably £10 of her peak, but I think you can make excuses for the run in France and certainly the race at Newcastle that was a farce. And I do think there's an angle with Via Sistina, who will be dropped out. I don't think this is the place to be doing that. She's going to need a pace. Where that's coming from, I'm not so sure, because I don't want them to ride Nashua necessarily much more forward. I, I'd rather her be held on to and use her turn of pace. But yeah, I, I think that's the angle into this race for me, that she could be at least as good at a mile as she's at a mile and a quarter. And I'll be backing her to confirm that view. All right, Nashua then 130 gets the vote from Dan. TC, questioning where the pace is going to come from. Do you have an answer for us in that? I regard? do. Uh, Random Harvest will make it and Prosper yeah. Voyage and probably Astral Bow will keep her honest, um, which will set up nicely for Nashua. Now, regular readers, listeners even, um, mm. and long-term listeners will know that I've long held Nashua and said so that Nashua will be best over a strongly run mile. And 
she will get it here. She's ground versatile, so no matter what the weather does, she'll be fine on it. And in fact, you probably want a bit of give mm. um, for her over a mile, obviously, given the given the drop down in trip. But you know, she showed load of pace to win her Haydock. Last time she's only raced over a mile once before, and that's when shitting up a, a, in a novice at, at Haydock back in April twenty twenty two. But this this horse always I know she finished third in a, in an Oaks, but she's always struck me with a horse with a change of gear and pace. Um, the issue is whether she's in the forms that she was last season because uh, you know her Nassau win from a subsequent Group One winner in Aristia is probably the best form here, better than Via Sestina's. Um, yeah, so I, I just think you know a more patient ride from Holly Doyle. Um, I don't think she was fit first. I don't think the horse was fit first time out. You know, you throw out run at Newcastle last time when ridden aggressively from the start. Very, very odd. Um, yeah, uh, it was all about the price meet. I was I wanted to tip her on Wednesday when I, when I went up with my Friday column, but she was only 130 with a sportsbook, and she's still that price. But she's 5.3 on the exchange at the moment, and I think that is probably big enough to get me involved. So even though it's quite a deep group one, um, there's no standout, but you can make a case for quite a few in here. But I thought Nashua with a patient ride, off a strong pace, unleashing the turn of foot. Nashware is the way I'm going to be playing this. And four to one plus on the exchanges is big enough for me to get involved. Beautiful. Two votes for Nashware and confident votes at that. They have sold the case well, Kevin. Are you jumping in there with Nashware? No, no. I'm going for one of the three-year-olds. I'm going for Ramaki oh. in, um, in the new colours um, of Watnan Racing. Um, yeah, like you, you think back to her Fred Darling win, like the promise she showed that day when she was so raw. Um, the guineas was too much for her. The ground probably an issue. Um, and it was just great to see her bounce back to, uh, to the, uh, not just bounce back, but, but progress like she did at Ascot last time. Um, like beating only a length by Tahira, having got, you know, quite badly messed about with. Um, she's going to improve from that again. One would hope. Um, it should sharpen her up again. And um, look, this course distance should suit her well. Ground should suit her well. Um, and I'd say it's highly unlikely that we've seen the very best of her. And, you know, I, I, there's some smashing fillies against her, older fillies. But, um, yeah, she could be the coming force now. And I think the price is right. So, remarkable for me. Okay, remarkable. You're, you're hoping that she puts it all together. I got the impression from an interview I heard with Ray Beckett that She's, she remains a work in progress for me. I'm sure there's more to come, but I'm not sure if today, well, Friday's going to be the day. But anyway, time will tell. Let's move on to York. We've got a couple of very competitive York handicaps to discuss. Dan, mm-hmm. I will kick off with you for the 205 up at York on Friday. Over the seven furlongs, this is the handicap for the older horses, not to 105 and Northern Express for Michael Dodds and Paul Mulrennan is your three to one favourite just outpointing another investment at seven to two. So competitive as you like, those are just the top two in the market, but plenty to get stuck into. What do you fancy here? Uh, very much a deserving favourite for me. And I don't think three is a bad price at all. I mean, she's, ah. she's, he's clearly raised his game this season. It's not unlike Michael Dodds either, is it? We'll discuss Azure Blue. Along yeah. with, you've probably discussed Mecca, Mecca's Angel and horses like that down the years. Just getting better with age. My angle, really, is no four are coming from Royal Ascot. Big field, stiff track. He ran really well and did best of them in the Buckingham Palace. 
But I actually think stepping back to a sharp seven at York is more in his favour. I think he's basically a horse with pace who really travels. Another career best. I think the negatives are drawing eight potentially, but he'll be held on to anyway. I guess Guido and Zip are two likely horses to try and force the pace. And I've got some form figures. I won't uh, read them all. Here we go. Come on, do it. Right, okay. This isn't a number that you used to ring. Um, this is 7201 61273. Has 10 runs at York, two wins, three more placed efforts. I mean, he's basically really reliable around here over this course and distance. And yeah, after a massive run at Ascot, even though I didn't think that track would have been absolutely ideal for him, suggests to me he's, he's still some way ahead of his mark. If you're going to read out form figures, at least make them convincing. Yeah, yeah come on, Barbara. That was a bad How underwhelming were those were those form figures? I was literally just well, trying I, to call Dan out and say, I know, I know this form is form figure reads out. If, you, if you're gonna if you're gonna kind of like plagiarize my stuff, <laughs> Dan, Dan just as you know, it's got to be more like this. You know, when they've run over seven furlongs on good ground, their form figures read on one, a Wednesday. One, two, one, two, one, 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 two, yeah. one, one, two. To be honest. The highlight of our earlier pod this week was TC calling that horse Nobtashier. So <laughs> I'm going to try and plagiarise that. <laughs> Nobtash? Yeah. Nobtashier had an entry, oh, so to speak. Yeah. Sorry. Um, okay. So okay. Northern Gosh. Express. Give us Northern Express then for the Northern Express. I thought you'd be more of a shaven man then rather than an Nobtash. <laughs> <laughs> Um, TC, give us some better form figures than that. Come on. Another investment yeah. form at your... These are big field competitive handicaps. It's not easy to finish seven. Yeah, well, if you're going to say, you know, six, <laughs> at least say zero of 28 or something. <laughs> um, now, I think uh, it was always in a dilemma here because I've got the pace. Raffortino, question mark. Guido, zip. Abel, Kane, question mark. I think it's going to be a really strong race and that's going to bring another investment into it. But as he did last time... But the problem is an, another investment. Very impressive last time, one by five lengths. But the handicapper stuck him up 11 lengths, and that's £7 higher than his previous career best. So you get the impression he might have been a bit flattered by that, but he could have a similar pace set up here. Um, and Sport Book is 7-2, and currently 5.1 on the exchange. I might take a chance on another investment actually backing it up like off that really high mark of uh, 4 to 1 plus. But... It will be a very tiny bit if I would do. I thought it was a quite trappy race, but I just thought the angle into it was the collapse again. All right. And what about you, Kev? Yeah, Vaffertino with no massive conviction now. I, I He probably needs to come down a couple of pounds to win one of these, but um, you can you can forgive what he did at Ascot in the Buckingham Palace. He, um, he just got messed about. Um, he got badly messed about. Um, so that's easy to forgive. He was better in the bear result the time before in the Victoria Cup, um, best of prominence. And, um, yeah, look, look, I was hoping in this day and age, you kind of expect to get, to get, to get quite quick drops, but he's only got drop one pound between those two runs. Um, but look, I think the, the setup might be a little bit better from here. Um, I didn't see quite as much pace as Tony did. So I'm hoping that he, he won't be disadvantaged from being up in the van at the least. Um, and yeah, I'd be disappointed if he wasn't in the frame now, but it, was, it wouldn't be a shock if something swept and beat him. 
All right. Not much conviction from Kevin then, but I want more from you, Kev, here in the 240 at York, because this is the summer stakes. It's the group three, the group three sprint over the six furlongs. And Sheikh Juma will be very much hopeful of winning this because he's throwing three darts at the board for three different trainers. And they include the 15 to 8 favourites in swing along for Carl Burke, who, of course, was last seen behind Shaquille in the Commonwealth Cup. Royal Acclaim next best at 11 to 2 for the same ownership group, but this time trainer James Tate. And then Sheikh Juma also has Pink Crystal in there at 12s for William Haggis, bigger price horse, but splitting them in the market is the likes of Mama's Girl and Juliet Sierra and Secret Angel 2 for Carl Burke. So this is very competitive, but I'm coming to you first, Kev, because I know you're a big Royal Acclaim fan like I am, and I don't believe we have yet seen the best of her this season. No, never mind, Sheikh Duma here. Vanessa, this is all about Commander Dodds. He's oh. got, he's got Gale, Gale Force Maya, I'm going to take the chance. And you know why I'm going to take the chance, Vanessa? Um, because because she's coming back to York. How do you like this? One, one, three, one, three. That's her record in York. That's how you do a form figure readout, Dan. I'll learn, don't worry, I'll improve. <laughs> and um, look now, the, the return to lovely York um, needs to really reinvigorate her and uh, refocus her mind on what's important in life, which is obviously winning horse races, if you're a racehorse, um, because oh. her, her, two, her two runs this season haven't been great. And um, she is seven, so there's a chance that she's just um, she's just said uh, feck this and is looking forward to a broodmare career. But look, we'll find out um, how much ability he's left in there um, once she returns to her beloved York. And in fairness, if she gets back to something like her best, um, like you only have to go back to last season, really at at York. Funny enough, to probably see the best of it, um, she'll she'll be banged there. Um, I would have liked a bit more compensation in the price. It, it may come closer to the off. But um, yeah, Gale Force Maya coming back to her, uh, her or Maya coming back to her beloved York for Commander Dodds. Um, let's hope she can put it off. All right, a vote for Commander Dodds then, Dan. Over to you for this. Yeah, I'm the other, the third member of this Royal Acclaim fan club, and I do think there's probably yeah. a bit. I think there's maybe a bit too much between though. If you were priced, I know Swing Along was a two-year-old last season, so you wouldn't have been unless it was a Nunthorpe. You wouldn't have had to consider it, but. I bet 12 months ago, you wouldn't have thought that Royal Acclaim would be a much bigger price than Swing Along to win a race like this. And I don't think blasting off in front of air where four of them were going toe-to-toe was was ideal. Don't know why they put cheek pieces on, because I've never thought of her as in any way quirky, but they didn't seem to have a massively adverse effect. It's pretty simple, as as you were saying, Vanessa. Um, I think she's better than she's shown. And this, for me, is sort of her last chance to prove my belief in her that she is a group filly because I can't get out of my mind what she did when she won here last season. I thought she was exceptional. Yeah, exactly. That that but it was a couple of glimmers of top class potential from her. And then I always latch on to that and just hope for more. We're yet to see it, but this might be the day. TC yet to see it this season, I mean. TC, um final say to you in this last race on Friday. Yeah, well, obviously, Swing Along's got a lot going for her. Um, course winner, obviously, good third last time at Ascot. Though I'm not sure that that form is as strong as it people are making it out to be. But obviously, she's got a lot going for her. But you know, 15 to eight. Um, you know, she she hasn't got that much in hand in this field, and also um, the pacing, the the pace of the race is 
is pretty much against you. You've got Gale Force Mayor that can go forward. Uh, El Simo can go forward. Uh, Radio Gugu uh, could uh, also go forward. Um, so, yeah, I think there's enough against her to put you off at 15 to 8, but I couldn't see a bit in the race against her, to be perfectly honest with you. But So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be in a rush to back swing along at 15 to 8. That's about the only thing I could bring to this party, which isn't a lot. <laughs> well, better form figure readings than somebody else at this party. To see <laughs> right. Um, He's right. picking on you again, Dad. She won't let it go. He's been <laughs> scolded at least twice. There's no need to do it a third time. I think she's. I think she's in a better mood no, today. When you're in the playground, you only push over the person that you like the best. So yeah, that is exactly that. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> right, naps, guys, naps. <laughs> She's like, "What playground are you in, Vanessa?" Um, <laughs> An old boys' school. <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen, your, I've seen your school photo, and it was full of boys. <laughs> this is true. This is true. And I was actually pushed over a lot in the playground. In the <laughs> I um, hope so. If you're, in your, when you're the only option. I hope you're getting pushed over all the time. The only option, quite literally. Me and the old boys' school. Anyway, right. Naps, guys. That's true, by the way, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can I, have, you, have, you, have you told that story on, on air, Vanessa? I don't know if you have. Could be no, I don't think I have. I don't think I have. <laughs> post, I have. post a picture on Twitter. When this I went, Vanessa, I went to an old boys' school. It's fine. <laughs> There's a big difference between you and me. Dan. Hopefully, I'm hopefully you're the only person it. in the school went in with a five o'clock shadow, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, look, TC, can I have your nap, please? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Um, Barcher Rocco, win and place. Beautiful. Big price. Here for it. Kevin Blake, your nap, please. Live your dream, which is a great set of advice, clearly. Um, will do for me. Win, win only, um, which is apt again. Uh, FYI, I. Strike is over. 9 to 4. You can have 1.52 for a place if you really want it. <laughs> We're down to nine runners now. There'll be someone somewhere and thinks that's a good idea. <laughs> and Daniela? Well after, well, after my <laughs> Northern Express form figures were poo-pooed, I'm also going to live, well, my dream, but in this Come instance, on. live your dream. Our dream, Dan. Our dream. Absolutely. That's, that's what your wife calls you, Dan, isn't it? The Northern Express. <laughs> Very short oh. service, unfortunately. Wow. Okay. Okay. Enough. Enough. No, to sixty in three seconds. We were doing so well on this podcast, and then it all started going downhill with the "I went to an all boys school" chat. Now, right, that wraps up the Friday wrap through. We're bringing you another show very shortly, so stay tuned if you want the Saturday races on ITV. But for now, that was Friday. Have a good one. Gamble responsibly. Join us again for Saturday's edition.